Do you love human design, but sometimes feel off-put by the gatekeeping and culty vibes? We did too. Here at Human Design Hot Topics, we encourage breaking the human design rules and experimenting for yourself. Take what resonates and leave the rest. We will be sharing the controversial pieces of human design, as well as challenging our guests to spill their guts. Hello. Welcome to Hot Topics. Welcome. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Janelle. I was just (laughs) listening. Sean's working on our intro and outro, and I was just listening to the song. So like right before we came on, Uh I was like, yes, (laughs) it's so upbeat and awesome. So (laughs) getting in the groove of it. I'm sure you guys just heard it. So (laughs) I was just thinking about it, but I'm um, excited. It's exciting. And it's kind of cool to be like, you know what? This thing isn't out yet, but we're putting it together and we're really excited about it. And it's getting really close now. It's like, I feel like we just need like one more to be like had. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. One more to have in there. And then. And that's not any like rule of podcasting. We just feel, (laughs) we just feel better. I guess it helps because we're mental projectors to have enough to where we're not like scrambling around going oh we have to record ah I'm stressed out so yes yes like having that flow and having some extra stuff in the background yeah um and I like how we've we've just been very intuitively led on this whole project where it's like oh wait it feels like time to start now okay. we weren't even gonna record <laughs> this weekend and you texted me like three days ago and you're like hey this sounds like a cool idea I was like yep we're doing this here we go <laughs> So now we're, we have topics. So that's kind of just how it goes. I mean, it's yeah. kind of how it has gone with our conversations in general is one of us will say something and we're like, oh, I need to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. But now it's for everybody. And <laughs> now, now we record it and share it with yeah, the world. <laughs> yeah. So if you're new to us, we talk about human design, but in a way to us that feels more expansive and more accommodating and mm-hmm we kind of will point out some stuff that we don't really like or maybe that we don't really use on a day-to-day basis or maybe pieces of human for me pieces of human design that I'm not really familiar with and I'm just like I don't care about that part and I just keep going with what (laughs) is interesting to me because some HD people would say well no you can't like there's an or not an order but Mm -hmm. you can't leave parts out (laughs) you can't say yeah. I don't want to do that part yet or I'm not here right now so but for us it's cool yeah I feel like the experiment like it's a, it's like a relationship with your spirit like are you feeling drawn to study this thing and to learn this thing then cool if it's because you're feeling drawn to it then do it if you it's because you you are trying to mentally figure something out and gain some sort of certainty because you think that that'll have all the answers and mm-hmm life will be magnificent after that then that's a different story (laughs) yeah yeah I read something somebody posted about how like it's crazy to her that people will get hung up on like how to best express their venus gate 54.4 and they don't even pay attention to their strategy or authority they just get to like the minutiae of of this gate I like that idea of this gate how do I be how do I embody this energy Mm -hmm. you know or 
how do I embody the energy of this center because this is where my authority is or this is where a lot of color and action happens or I'm really defined and that's mm-hmm. going to be my thing we'll we'll do that one later but um <laughs> yeah. yes yes and I totally agree with that honestly like I'm not too strict on rules but I feel like you need to get in touch with your strategy and authority first because it doesn't matter what Venus and gate 54 means if you don't if you're not attuned to your authority yeah. if you're not attuned yeah. to your own energy mm-hmm. and it's good to know but it's got to be in context with all your other stuff right it tells like, a whole story if you just someone just told me their Venus gate I'd be like cool like what, I need, I need more information here. Like, <laughs> there's so many ways that that energy can be expressed or not expressed. The not self of that energy. What is it like if you're a projector or a generator or a one three or like? There's so much information right. that right. is needed. That and is as your center defines. Venus gates are. Do you, you probably know what your Venus gates are, but I don't know. What yeah. <laughs> well, because I know so Venus it talks about values, like what you value in life, right? And then I, mine is in gate fifty, which is the gate of values. Oh so, yeah, we have the same. I think. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it just cracks me up. I'm looking it up because, but I'm pretty sure we had because I have gate fifty as well, and I remember we were having we had like a similar thing but it's so it's also very much Rebecca's energy to have this information and for me to just go I don't really care about that <laughs> like, yeah. I get, if I need to know that if I need to know that I can look it up so, I think that's how I feel about a lot of things like when I need the information I can get it and right. you are just are like I have the information <laughs> right yeah so you have 50 in both Plutos Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, so and your Venus is 46. 46 on both sides? No, no that's your 40. conscious Venus, yeah. Okay. Sorry, we're going off a little bit, but oh, 46 is, oh, I didn't. That makes so much sense. I have a lot of <laughs> stuff happening in that area. But yeah, so just like how you heard with us, it's fun to be like, oh, what's my Venus and what's my this? And it can be helpful, especially when as Rebecca said Venus is about values so this is what this is about but that's because she's interested in those things and so she learned the correlation and mm-hmm. I just let her tell me the correlation and then I go Whoa, <laughs> that's so interesting and it does help a lot when you give me those like little things but it wouldn't mean anything to me if I didn't have all the other background stuff right right you know have so. all that into it. I remember the first time someone told me, because my son gate is gate 47, and she's like, just lean into gate 47. It's like you're making zero sense right now. Like, what I'm the same with gate one because it's creative self-expression, and I have a really hard time with with like figuring out what that means for me. So when yeah, when people are like, that's your like really get into that, I'm, I'm like, wow. Then my mental projectorness is like, well, how, how, what are the steps? What, how do I figure right. out how I'm creative? So it just turns this thing on where it's too vague. It's almost like it's too vague of a suggestion for us in our mm-hmm. undefined minds or undefined crowns. Um, and our undefined bodies, like we don't have anything connecting us to our body consistently. Mm-hmm. So asking us to do that is a little 
weird. Like, I feel like it's easier for me to say like, oh, I can connect to gate 47 because it's coming off my defined Ajna. And mm -hmm. that's like where all my def definition is, right? But for you, you have it in your undefined G center. And it's like, just listen to your body. And like, well, it's like body a lot is... of other stuff too. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of voices coming from that area. Too. so many voices yeah this is like I'm magnifying my environment so which voice am I supposed to listen to like it's really weird at first yeah all the conditioning yeah and it's not like we're trying Ooh, I'm glad that you snuck that word in real good <laughs> you're so smart um we're not saying like this is like a downward spiral of like oh my gosh well what do you do with all these pieces and parts and blah we're fascinated by it so I feel like you and I can talk about it now with a little less like terror and fear of like oh my god what does this mean for me and it's more like what does this mean for me like it's more mm -hmm. of an exciting thing because well for me anyway it's not as scary to think about because the mental projector energy like when you think about all your part everybody's is is very unique but ours I feel like is so outside of the box it's like how do I get over there and so yeah <laughs> I used to be freaked out about going over there. And I'm like, no, I'm cool in my little caves box. No one can <laughs> mess with me. And now I'm like, I want to, I want to get over there. Even if it's kind of scary, I think I want to be over there. So that might happen for a lot of you when you see your, your design and you're like, oh, like I've been spending a lot of energy and a lot of time trying to make this thing look a certain way. And now mm -hmm you're telling me that I don't have to work that hard. And I feel like that's a lot of people learn that with their energy when they learn their human design, even if it's different than how we learn it, there's parts yes. of it where you go, oh, I'm working too hard in this aspect and I don't have to hold on so tight. Like, yes. Cool. For us, it's a lot of places where we were like, <laughs> oh, I get to let go? Like everywhere? <laughs> Neat. But I think I everybody holds on a little too tight or yeah it's a little too hard and once you learn your design you you can see a little piece and you're like ah crap I don't even need to worry about that and, and it is so weird well yeah. like the image you're talking about holding on tight like I I know like I felt that so much in the past pre-human design mm -hmm. and it's like you know when you squeeze your hand really tight and then it, you have a hard time opening it because mm -hmm. it just kind of got stuck there and so I feel like it's take it's like this slow opening like but yeah. I can't open my hand because then I will die <laughs> I can't let go yet yeah <laughs> and this thing that we're talking about guys is conditioning which is a very umbrella term for stuff that you have picked up. I think your your mind, your body, all has just unconsciously picked up and continues to do without you really giving it a real reason why. That was a terrible explanation. Of <laughs> Basically, subconscious. I'm beliefs. not a doctor. Yeah, Sub so subconscious programming, the ego trying to keep you alive doesn't care if you're happy exactly see she knows yeah. like and this is why it's so difficult to first of all see in yourself because it doesn't seem it doesn't seem out of place to you it doesn't seem out of order it doesn't seem right or wrong it is and so for me a lot of my conditioning was hard for me to even notice until mm. it was pointed out to me or I got to a certain point where I was like huh <laughs> this doesn't feel right or 
or maybe I don't have to do it this way. And it's just like, you know, that kind of stuff for me. Other stuff is more, much more like conditioning classic because I'm a <laughs> child of an alcoholic parent. So there's very like textbook things that I taught myself like as soon as I learned what I was, I was like, oh, I need to learn about this. So very small minded beliefs of how you can be and how you take care of yourself and all this kind of stuff. When you're the child of an alcoholic, there's groups for it. I've been to them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a whole big, I understand why it's like a big deal. But part of me in my head is like, would you be like this anyway? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, yeah, there's so much that goes into conditioning and the whole nature nurture. I know. Uh, it, it is fascinating to think about because like even you look at siblings, right? Like the, you grow up in the same house, but you have completely different experiences. Oh, yeah. For yeah, a variety my, of reasons. Yeah. But we both had very like, like I got ultra responsible and that makes sense from the way that I, like when I look at the way that I was raised, it's very easy for me to see, oh, this is why I do this a lot. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, it's like, how do I let go of it? How do I let go of it? And that was before I really started doing inner work because I, I've been working on letting go of things and realizing that letting go doesn't mean it goes away like all kinds of stuff for a little while before I found human design but then human design kind of said yeah you need to work on your conditioning but because of your energy your specific energy there's ways to go about it that might be different than other people is that your experience yeah. too Yeah, that's why this system has helped me so much because I mean, I was in therapy, I did, um, I became a Reiki master, like I did all this energy healing, all this kind of stuff to try to feel better and figure out who I am. And then having the visual representation of my energy on the body graph just gave me so much more clarity and such a better roadmap for what's actually going on. And then the not self questions too, right? Like where I can pinpoint exactly where this fear is coming from and what is actually activated in me yeah I've been to therapy twice one time the first time I went I was a late teenager and my mom was like hey I'm gonna take you to my old therapist this is a great (laughs) idea by the way you should all try this Um, (laughs) don't take me seriously and I was like okay so I went to my mom's old therapist who was extremely religious which doesn't really jive with me I was like 17 I feel like I was pretty young and after the first couple of sessions my mom was like so what are you guys talking about and I was like you know family instas and she was like no what are you talking about like tell me what you're talking about and I said no and she goes that's not why I sent you to her tell me what you're talking about so my mom basically wanted like this three-way therapy thing and she just wanted me to tell her what I was talking about and the lady obviously couldn't do that because she would get fired. Right. <laughs> so she was like, she figured that I would just tell her because she knew this. I don't know. My mom was a weird lady. But so that kind of jacked me up on therapy for a little bit. And yeah. then and then in my early 20s, 
I just felt like I was spinning out of control and I was just acting really not myself. And so I took myself to a therapist. She was actually a student at one of the colleges. So I was really cheap. That's why I was like, yes, I can do Mm -hmm. this. Um, And she was pretty cool. My only thing with her was she wanted me to be on medication. Um, I'm not really a medication person. Yeah. And I'm not saying it doesn't help other people because I'm sure that it does. I just don't, I feel like if I was out of control and I couldn't really couldn't handle it, I would do something like that. If I, it was like, okay, there's like nothing else that I've tried and this isn't getting better. So maybe there's some chemical craziness happening and I need to fix it. But it was very, her like wanting to give me medication was very like immediate. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And then at the end, because I saw her for like a year, I said, hey, remember at the beginning when you wanted to put me on medication? I said, do you still want to put me on medication? And she goes, I know, I think you're good. And I was like, okay. She's like, but, but then I said, she said, I think you needed it. And I was like, well, I don't think I did if I'm okay, if I'm good right. now right like, like I worked through it so yeah yeah which again I'm not saying that that's like like I did anything better than anybody else so if you are not like if you can't work through stuff I get that like like I, there's still stuff obviously that I can't work through but I do that the good old-fashioned way by ignoring it and pretending like it's not <laughs> there so that's part of my conditioning so I, I was on antidepressants once for a little while. Cause when things were really bad in my marriage, yeah. the, the doctor looked at me, I was just, it, it was so bad. And I, I don't even remember what I said to him, but he looked at me and he goes, you have PTSD from your marriage. Like you're mm-hmm. not okay. And you mm-hmm. need this medicine. And mm-hmm. so I took it for a while. Um, and it did help it. My, my theory on it was that it would help me to start taking the steps so that I could be okay. Mm-hmm. But I, it was maybe a couple months. Like I didn't want to be on it for a long time. I didn't want it to be a lifelong thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's wonderful. Cause like, sometimes you just need a little bit of a help, a little bit of a pick me up push. And I'm glad that you realize that for yourself. Cause that's also good. So this conditioning thing, what do you think deconditioning is? Because when I first, and I told this to you before we started, when I first came to human design, I wanted to fix myself. And mm-hmm. so I was like, how do I, what's the steps to deconditioning? What do I need to do? Tell me. And I had like my notebook and my paper. And I'm like, okay, step one, deconditioning, <laughs> go. And no one would tell me. And I was like, why are people just saying strategy and authority? And in seven years, you'll maybe you'll know. And and like all this other BS. <laughs> and you're a pro, you're a projector. You bring it, you attract it to you. You're attracting it right now. Like, come on. All that stuff that was just like, it's not helpful mm-hmm. when I was asking the wrong question. I needed someone to say, you're asking the wrong question because deconditioning is not well for me anyway and for you I don't ever think it's not like a step-by-step process that looks a certain way for everybody not at all yeah. and once you've checked all your little deconditioning boxes you're like deconditioned Huzzah! and you pass 
<laughs> you get a certificate. Yes. A, a magical owl comes cool. and Oh, that would be so neat. <laughs> it takes approximately seventy years. I don't know if you've heard. Um, but yeah, that would be neato. But it's just and this was something that I th- I mean, I feel like I knew it, but I just really needed to like get it in my brain of like like there's no one way, there's no way to do this thing. It's not about the things that you're doing. No. Which is a big projector thing anyway. Yeah. So what do you think deconditioning is? Um, I see it really as just changing your inner dialogue, like switching your perspective, mm-hmm. because we really are, we're here to be conditioned by life and by the world. That's how we learn. That's part of being human. You can't avoid it. Yes. So there's also this kind of stigma of like, oh, well, you're so conditioned. Like, let's just get to a point when we're not conditioned. Like, that's not going to happen because that's just life. And that's why deconditioning is a lifelong process. That's why it's always going to be a thing. And you're always going to be going through a journey of it on different levels. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of embracing it and just um, also realizing what's happening. Like, you know, for me this week, I was telling you about the big event where like my solar plexus was like freaking out. It's like, I don't want somebody to be mad at me, but I also really don't want to commit to this huge thing Mm -hmm. they're asking me to do. That's not my responsibility. And it's like, I was having the hardest time saying no. And so because I know what I know about my design, I could, I like stopped. I'm like, like my solar plexus is freaking out so much. I cannot think for myself right now so I'm gonna go find somebody who will tell me to go say no (laughs) like I need to go soundboard with someone who is strong and and she did great right um but whereas before I would have just been like "Eh," like undefined heart like I gotta prove my worth and I'll do it I guess you know yeah Yeah. undefined spleen like we got to do this to be safe and loved and everything so like I could see that now though like okay here's what's happening Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to let that be in charge. Mm-hmm. And for everyone listening, Rebecca deals with this person on a regular basis. So it's not like she just said no and never sees this person again. Cause that's, to me, that's pretty easy to do. Yeah. That's Rebecca deals thing. with this person on a regular basis. And I'm not trying to freak you out. I think that what you did was the best thing ever. Um, but I think it, you do, seeing her on a regular basis is going to be even better now, because if you said yes and you did it, you would present her um Mm -hmm. but because you said no it's just like "Mm," but you're still in your you still have your bet it's like your boundary is still there it's like that's a little uncomfortable but um I said no and I didn't do the thing so and I'm still here she's still here like everything's okay I mean she's not going to be there for much longer because she's going on with her new leaf but yeah well like and I'm still nervous like what's going to happen next week because I haven't had a chance to talk to Adam and all this stuff, right? So there's like part of me that's like, bah, it's going to blow up in my face. Everybody's going to be so mad next week. But, you know, that comes from, it also helped, it also like popped in all these old stories of times that I did say yes to really big things that I didn't want to because mm-hmm. I was terrified and and just all kinds of stuff. And so that's the beauty of it when you get curious about what's ha- going on in your system. And when you just move into observer mode and not judgment, then you get to see 
why you're you're reacting this way and yes and what's actually going on and that's the conditioning right like mm-hmm. these stories and the meaning we made of these stories that's the conditioning and so that's the deconditioning when you can observe the story and say oh here's what's happening like i'm afraid because there was this one time when i was 5 and this happened and i made it mean this or whatever and mm-hmm. so the deconditioning is separating yourself from that story i love that you said to that we're always can being conditioned by life. Mm-hmm. It's not like conditioning is bad and deconditioning is good. Like neither of them is negative or positive or any mm-hmm. of those things. Because as you've just stated, you're constantly being conditioned in your life by the things that you consume, um, by the ha- what's happening around you. Uh, depending on how open you are, you might be taking in more energy than others. It's it's a whole thing. So it's more about learning from and observing it just as you said mm-hmm. having an awareness having compassion for yourself when you follow your conditioning patterns over and over and over again even though yeah, you told especially yourself three lines like us that. i'm never going to do it like that again i noticed i did it like that and i'm not going to do it like that again surprise yes you are and you're going to see it happen as you're doing it and you're going to be like no but it's already and that's the key. That's the gold is that you're seeing it as mm-hmm. it's happening. You're mm-hmm. not trying to like stop things from happening. You you can't stop time. You can't stop the things of the world from spinning and, and changing things all the time. So we just kind of here to roll with it. And yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like when we look at the undefined centers where we have the most potential for conditioning, it's also where we have the most potential for wisdom. Like we can't gain that wisdom without being conditioned by the information. That's a very good line thing to say. I love it. (laughs) We can't be wise without falling off the horse 10 times first, (laughs) which is very true. Or even in the one line sense, right? Like you have to read about stuff, you have to absorb yourself in the information, Mm -hmm. and, and that's conditioning you. Yeah. And you can be conditioned in your defined centers too. In fact, you are. We're conditioned in all the centers. It's just, it's a different thing. Well, for me, mm-hmm. the conditioning of the undefined centers feels so much more like, <clears throat> like dramatic and intense. And it's because we amplify the energy. So I feel the amplification in my mm-hmm. body. And that's when I'm like, oh. <laughs> but the undefined center or the defined centers can really condition you too. Because as I told you growing up for as like a teen, teenage, tween, teen, whatever, I really put a lot of emphasis on being smart and logical and like all your choices and decisions, the best way to get through them is to be as logical as possible. Mm-hmm. And anything that wasn't logical did not need to be considered. And that's very like define Ajna gone wrong. Like it's, it's like whoa! Like it, it's created a monster. Like that's yes. just that's the defined Ajna conditioning or not self is a lot of times can be swapped with conditioning a lot of times in human design. Saying, pay attention to this. Like this is what tells you, and 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 this is where I got real tripped up at first, but now I'm happy about it. With uh, mental projectors is that's our name that's the only thing we have defined and in common altogether, but it's not the thing. 
Yeah, that's a trippy part though. <laughs> I remember I was really bitter about it first because it raw, you know, all the messaging is like, you can, don't make decisions in your mind. Don't be in your mind, get out of your mind, get in your body. Oh, and by not. the way, you're a mental projector and the only <laughs> thing you have is your mind. Like what the? It's the bleak. only thing we have in common. It is a sick joke, people. Yeah. All, all things mental project. The only thing all mental, project mental projectors have in common is to define Ajna. It's mm -hmm. the only thing. And we're not supposed to use it. I mean, we are supposed to use it. And this is how I feel like I do use it is when all this stuff is going on and we're working on um, conditioning and being aware and outside. And that's the part where I'm like, oh, I'm being objective. Ooh, this is like Ajna stuff. I'm conceptualizing and I'm, I'm a, I've separated myself from the energy a little bit. So it's not so personal or, you know, I just, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm using, when that happens, I'm like, I'm using my Ajna for good. Like I get all excited because <laughs> it feels very like, okay, this is kind of helping me take a few breaths in the space and go, oh, okay. Look at it objectively. Like you can use your logical mind here. It's totally cool. And I feel like it gives me some time to like, take a few breaths and get out of the emotional part of it or the anxiety, which is from my um, undefined crown. I feel like a lot, or my root, as we know, mm -hmm. I get. So I have, feel like this helps me to step away, but still be here, obviously. Yes. So. Yes. I mean, it's a great source for others. That's what it's meant to do. And then as mental projectors, that's literally what we're here for to guide other people. <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome, guys. Um, <laughs> like that's yeah. that's what we got. Um, but yeah, it's just using it for your own life, like own navigating. When you're trying to figure out your own life in your head, that's when things go crazy. But when you can listen to your authority, mm -hmm. and I think it's really helped me to not look at like the stuff that I I'm turning around up here, conceptualizing up here as like the be it all end all number one choice that I have to make. It's like, this is, this is showing me options and I don't have to go, yeah. Oh, that's the most logical run to that one in fear that I might make the wrong choice. I take my time. I'm taking more time. I'm seeing a lot of other people talk about this on the social medias too, about how they're taking even more time than they think they need to, to do things and to live life and mm -hmm. it feels extremely slow to them but things are happening faster in their lives um yeah one of them in particular is a projector and she's like the invitations are coming faster the slower that I move it's so interesting and it's so counterintuitive it feels weird I know I've allowed myself to rest a lot more this past year yeah and it's still like even this weekend oh. like I still feel guilty sometimes <laughs> like i do I really need to nap or do I need to work on my marketing plan? Like what would really be better here? I, don't know. <laughs> I think you can do both just not at the same time. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like I work the, I work at the restaurant three days a week, most of the time. And Thursday, I feel like I don't do anything because I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. And Thursday I'm like, I'm recuperating mm -hmm. and I usually sleep in and I'm just, just a very like all day. And for the longest time I was like, why do you need that? why do you need that other people mm -hmm. don't need that do they and i've convinced right. myself that they don't like no they don't they're not doing it so they don't need it obviously uh. and that's a huge deconditioning thing for all projectors 
I think especially mental projectors though, because we have the energy projectors. But anyway, anybody really with a whole lot of openness, it's like, give yourself a day to recover from stuff because you know how much you're taking in, especially as a server, mm -hmm. right? There's so much. And my body is physically you. sore. So I don't understand why I don't just listen and go, okay. I'm, in my head, I'm like, well, you're almost 40. So you're old. And that's why <laughs> your shit doesn't work as well anymore. So you're just going to have to deal with it. It doesn't mean you get a break. Like it doesn't, you don't deserve it. Oh, I don't like saying that because I know it's not true. See, this is the conditioning part I'm talking about where yes. you see things happening and you're like, but that sounds not right. <laughs> <laughs> but my inner, like my conditioning says you're wasting your time. Like, why are you wasting so much time? You get yes. you know, a big part of it is I allowed myself to work so little and terrify myself financially. <laughs> so if I'm allowing <laughs> that, then I need to be making this other time that I'm not at the restaurant worth it somehow. Mm. And I'm not doing if And if I'm resting, then I'm not, that's not, I'm not doing that. It's not valuable. Yeah. That's big conditioning, especially for really for all non-sacrals, but for mental yeah. projectors in, in particular. <laughs> yeah. Something else that's really realizing me conditioning wise or really realizing me, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I, <laughs> I am realizing as mental projectors, first of all, our aura is meant to take in other people, right? Like just all projectors in general, we're very penetrating. We're meant to like absorb ourselves in the other so that we can guide them. Yeah. But then as mental projectors, we don't have anything in our body protecting us. We're, so it's like extra amplification of everything. It's like, no wonder I had no freaking clue who I was for most of my life. Yeah. And why I was so codependent to certain mm -hmm. things. Like, oh my gosh, that's wild. It's yeah. so wild. So moving yeah. through that was interesting. Yeah. And I posted something, somebody posted something and I read it and I thought it was so good. It was like, if you're a mental projector, but I think it was all projectors, but mental projector was probably the most, makes the most sense. And you are encountering people like that's a job <laughs> like that takes energy to do just mm -hmm. encountering the people and I was like well shit I encounter so like when I'm at the restaurant I encounter easily a hundred people easily mm -hmm. and I mean yeah. I don't talk to all of them but I'm in their aura for yeah. usually an extended period of time because people have nice leisurely dinners and it's so, and I'm always like, why am I so tired? This is so stupid. Like, why would this make me so tired? And it's hitting me every week, like on Wednesday when I'm like, like, wow, like this is actually getting really difficult. Like, I don't know, <sighs> like, is this going to start messing up my body even more now? Cause I have overuse injuries from um, waiting tables and being active and not listening to my body <laughs> um so yeah it's really it's hard to talk about right now because it's like my only source of income so I can't like I'm be, I'll be homeless but at the same time it's like every Monday I'm like I don't want to do this like this is not sustainable I feel like such yeah. a like I'm such a little whiny baby like everybody else is doing this so obviously and not just doing what I'm doing but other people are like double shifts three times in a row like never leaving the restaurant for like 13 hours and I'm just mm -hmm. like that I could never I can 
like this is what I can handle and I feel like this is undefined heart deconditioning for sure or conditioning is like I don't feel like it's enough like how is that enough yeah because I'm not here to do any of it it's more than enough because I'm not here to do it I'm not here for this you're not and like you were saying like you just being in other people's aura that's conditioning you you're taking on all that energy and then I firmly believe the more I'm in my experiment the more I realize that if you are a projector and you are not being recognized correctly that that's exhausting because your energy is just kind of moving out spinning its wheels yeah totally I didn't yeah and because you're not being recognized doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Like you can do things to help put yourself out there, but the recognitions come when it is their time. And well, not necessarily when it's their time, because you can say no, but I guess when it's the invitation's time, not necessarily when it's your time to say yes. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't, you can open yourself up for more invitations, but you can't necessarily like speed them in can you unfortunately I don't think you can I, I know figure that one out and people say like we can magnify them to us but I don't think that's the correct term I think the term is you can share more of yourself you can open more of yourself yeah. to the things but I don't think you can like magnetize them into to you well, I just think, I think you're more open yeah it's an energetic thing from what I've observed and from what I understand it's more of an energetic thing. So you can shift your energy. You can move yourself into things. So like for you, you're exhausting yourself in this job. And so then it's hard to show up online. It's hard to have the energy for the business that wants to be created, right? Because all of your energy is going to recovering from not being recognized. And so if you were to shift your energy, like, honestly, if you were just like, okay, I quit. And then you slept for 24 hours because you probably would. And then like allowed the energy to guide you then it would move you to where you're meant to be and I think when you are able to trust that like that's what I see when when people can just show up and trust that like well here's what I'm good at here's what I talk about here's what I do then the invitations come but it's the trusting that that's really hard too because of the conditioning and because of the process and and because of everything because then you you get to thinking like okay well if I don't have this job I'm not going to have money well yeah if you sit here and talk about how you're not going to have money then you're not going to have money but yeah, it's a whole energetic thing that I've been really observing and studying. It's very fascinating. And so I do see how you can amplify your opportunities for invitations. I don't know how you shift it. Like it doesn't, but that doesn't, that's, I don't know that's the that. thing. It's an energy thing. And that's a, it's a nervous system thing. Like, and especially if your nervous system has been traumatized, like I think both of ours has because of our openness and just because of life things, it's hard to to rest in that you have to have that time of nervous system transition yeah I feel like maybe I should have done that or maybe I did do that during COVID when we couldn't work for three months and that's probably what has started this whole like ah this place is crazy um yeah yeah for sure because you had a break from it what did you do during that time um, what did I do I did my um, mentorship with Jess, mm. um, like right after it ended. But during that time, I think I was just getting into human design and I was doing like $48 readings, but I was very like, at first I was freaked out. And then I was like, Hey, Sean, we need to have a plan. And so I had a calendar on the fridge of like, 
at this time of the day, we're going to do this. At this time of the day, we're going to do this. This day we do this. Like I had themes for the days, like for the food choices for the day, like all this stuff. And I thought I was doing like such, like I was helping us like stay on track and be positive. And I scheduled our walks and all this thing. And after like a couple of weeks, I think Sean was like, can we schedule less like seriously he's like (laughs) he's like it's cool that you want to do all these things but he's like it just feels like we have to do all these things and I was trying so hard to take control of the situation I'm like Mm -hmm. we have to make use of our time and we have to make sure that we have alone time and like I was really trying to structure stuff for us because we had no structure Mm -hmm. you know so and I was trying to make sure we didn't like bite each other's heads off like I was really trying to like foresee how stuff was going to go and just really control the shit out of it and yeah Sean was like can you stop doing that and I was like (laughs) sure and so I stopped doing that but it's weird because I don't remember exactly what I did when people talk about it I go I liked it I remember liking it a lot And I remember getting up without an alarm a lot and going to sleep Mm -hmm. kind of at like a semi-regular time and not needing as much sleep as I do now. I remember that. Um, But I also had the whole energy of quarantine and this new crazy thing. So it's hard to like judge because we're watching shit on the news and like all the stuff that was jacking with my adrenals and my energy anyway just like freaking me out mm-hmm. like, so I feel like if I was able to do that during not a worldwide pandemic I mean I know <laughs> we're still in it but not the beginning like oh right. crap like it would probably it would look different it would feel different it would be different but I do remember absolutely loving not having to go to work like oh yeah just give me all the unemployment I was making more unemployment than I was working it was insanity because we were getting like COVID extras extra payment yes yes I remember that well like for me I have kids so they're like oh here's a family thing (laughs) okay and it just started showing up I was like oh got it and then it just went away a year later I'm like you guys yeah it sucks man when they take it away but when you're yeah, it was real. I remember being like, oh my God, like, this is what it must be like to have money and not have to have a job. Like, this is crazy. Like, and it was nice. But like, I knew, I knew I was going to go back. Like I knew I was going back first of yeah. all. Yeah. And, I, and again, we are going through a crazy time in the world. So, but yeah, I often think about like what would happen if I had and then we had time off again recently I had two Mm. weeks off but half of that time I had to drive over an hour away from my house to go to stupid training and I didn't get paid travel and I was super pissed off so I was still dealing with them and I was super stressed and sitting in traffic so it's like I've had times where it's like kind of but then something else comes in and is like like you can't get away from this place what and so I've worked there for almost nine years for people who don't know, Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I'm working on. I've gotten really good at compartmentalizing it. Like I don't really think about it when I'm not there, 
at all. Like I forget sometimes that I don't care. And then when yeah. I am there, it's very detached. Like nothing really bothers me. I think I've said this before. So I think that's good because I feel very detached from it. And although I would freak out if like something happened there, like you're fired or if I quit for some reason, I would freak out. There's also a part of me that would like jump up and down for joy, but I'd have to make sure I wasn't going back because that's really like, I feel like I'd have PTSD from that place. I've never eaten there ever. Mm. I've never gone there when I didn't have to work. Do you bring home food though? Like if there's, okay. That place does not come here. Ah, Yes. Very separate. I don't have friends at my work. Like I don't see them outside of work. I don't talk to them. If people text me like about shifts or whatever, I'm like, get, I don't even answer half the time. I just delete it because I'm like, I don't, this place doesn't exist when I'm not there. It does not exist Mm. to me. I don't look at the schedule. I don't look at anything. I don't, it doesn't exist. And it helps me. If you're asking how to decondition, this is how I work on it is having those energetic boundaries yeah but like getting really serious about it because I first of all I have to because if I let a little bit and I'll let a lot in but also I don't like it (laughs) like I don't like the way it makes it feel to think about the restaurant I don't like anything about it so Mm -hmm. it's very easy to be like "Mm." you know we don't live by it so I don't have to like I don't see people I'm just in my own little cute town and they're over there yeah Um, all right I feel like I've talked a lot about the restaurant but (laughs) yeah that's something that I do but if you're thinking about what to do like what what, what can I do what can I do I need things to do that's not it you're not looking for things to do but (laughs) if you're thinking about things that might give you space in between your conditioning and your action or like the way you're thinking about yourself oh this is really negative this is really I need some space from this for me that's nature meditation yoga kickboxing my dogs sometimes will be really funny and cute and I get like really into how funny and cute they are and talk (laughs) to them in silly ass voices and Sean does the same he's very into it so it's like it's helpful Mm-hmm. Um, baking is very helpful and cooking in general is helpful to me this I feel like these things give me space away from the like uncomfortable embarrassed feeling or the negativity or the conditioning that's like you did this wrong or you mm-hmm. took too long to think about this or you didn't think about this long enough or you should have done this instead of this or why did you do this instead of this like it gives me space And I really think that that's all you can ask for of your deconditioning tools is like, (laughs) they're not going to take it away. They're not going to make it stop, but they can help give you like a breath, breath work. Oh, I didn't even mention that breath work is the jam. Like breath work is amazing. EFT and Reiki has helped me a bunch. Yeah. I was going to ask you EFT and Reiki is, is your deal. That's the tapping yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Those both help me. Meditation helps me. Um, breath work. I do breath work almost every morning. And then working out. I have to work out and journaling. 
see, that's one of the ones that didn't work for me. And this is a great thing to talk about. There's some shit that's not going to work for you that you're like, I don't want to do this thing. If it feels like a chore every time, it might feel uncomfortable because you're bringing up like emotions and shit that you don't want to think about. Mm -hmm. And I would say continue with it if it's journaling, because that's what it did for me at first is it brag about shit. I've told you, I'm like, I don't, I'm reading this on paper with a pen. Oh no, it's real life. (laughs) And so I hated that, but I continued with it. And it's still after, like, I got through that initial, I'm reading this stuff on paper. I did feel good. I felt better. I was like, okay, like it's out. But then it just felt like, well, now what am I going to talk about today? Well, now what am I going to write? Like, I have nothing to say. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to write. I have nothing. So for me, journaling, I need like, maybe I need like a bullet journal. I need something to tell me what to do because I can't like. Interesting. I have no, a tarot I just... journal now. Ooh, Ooh. I write my tarot cards down because yes. that's a thing. That's like, okay, you're writing the cards. You're writing the meanings. You're writing the yes. questions. That's a good one. So that might help you be in tarot bed. I just literally write whatever. It's just free form. I just write down anything. Like I just woke up from a weird dream. That's so crazy that I had that dream. Oh, I need to go to the store today. But you don't feel like an idiot doing that? I felt so, I felt so stupid. Like this is so boring. Like I can't believe I'm writing this down. Well, because you have to get through that to get to what needs to come out. Oh, I know. I'm like 95% sure I stopped before I wrote down anything of that mattered about anything. I mean, I read some stuff. I'll go back and read it and I'll be like, Shauna's in a bad mood today. And I'll write. So it's like more than surface stuff, but like not below that little top layer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going like here and then I'm going, whoa, that's too hard. Right. Stopping right before. So yeah. (gasps) That's the main reason. So I'll just write whatever. And I mean, I haven't even gone back to look at stuff in a while because I just realized like I have to, I just have to do it because when I didn't do it, things were bad. But this is good to see. Like this doesn't mean that Rebecca's better at deconditioning or faster or, or anything than me. It's just taking us different amounts of time to see the same things yeah and it really helps me to have you to say hey you what wait you have to go back like you didn't because in my head I'm like oh I tried it and it didn't work for me because it was uncomfortable and I didn't like it but I (laughs) but I let it be uncomfortable for a little bit and then I had to get out like (laughs) and for you to be like well I don't think you did it long enough in my head I'm like I journaled for almost a like six months every day I don't know yeah well and it and it's kind of I know it's not a time in the in the thing like one one book I read they're adamant three pages of free writing a day and I'm like well and then and then I would get like well what size journal is the artist right wait right right right? like is it a little journal is it a big journal I bought myself the littlest fucking journal when I got this book because that's when I decided to try journaling for the first time so it is like it is like this big it is very small and I couldn't even do three pages I was like fuck this I can't even do three pages and I have a journal like this big I'm like that's too much that's so I'll do one page like I can get a ton that's a lot yeah that is a lot yeah that's still a ton like so yeah, okay. I'll just write that. Or also, 
Um, one of my friends has a, a whole business where she does, she helps people with journaling and she figured out that seven and a half minutes is like the prime time. So sometimes I'll just set the timer for seven and a half minutes and it's just, you just write like but don't, don't stop get, writing. Don't you feel like you're going to get into like some negative downwardy spirally shit where you just get yourself in a bad mood because you're writing all the stuff that sucks? No, that's never happened to me because usually when you get it out, then then that starts to release it and then you're able to move through to the next uh, thing and get I that different say, perspective. And I read back on this. There were a few journal entries I wrote about Laker passing and those when I went back to read these, I was like, oh, this is, I don't like reading these again. This sucks. And I was crying and stuff. I'm crying even thinking about it. But those ones were hard, but I didn't write, like, I was just writing about how hard it was and yeah. like what the stuff we were doing to try to like hang out with them and all this stuff. And I know that that's fine, but in my head, I don't know. I was like, is this deep enough? I don't know. I don't like, don't do judge know? it. Don't judge it. It's not. You about have to judging. give me an exact. This is exactly how deep you go in this garden of of feelings. It depends on the garden. day. Every day is different. You take a backhoe and you just twelve <laughs> feet down, and there you there there you have it. No, I know, I know. You're right, and this is this is my like deconditioning journey in the moment people is I have a really hard time allowing myself to feel things mm-hmm. past a certain level I give my because I've learned from like therapy and other and other modalities to let yourself feel stuff because for the whole time when I was like logic is the key I said okay well you just don't feel things don't allow it you don't allow it like that was how I worked for a really long time. Yeah. But that's impossible. You have it, it right. You're you. human. And then I would get pissed off at myself. Oh my God, why did you get so because you weren't allowing it for so long and it explodes and is a big, much bigger deal than it needs to be. And that's mm-hmm. how I dealt with things for a good chunk of my childhood, preteen, teenage years was just don't allow it to happen. I remember when I first like read or like learned that you're supposed to like feel the feelings and feel shitty and uncomfortable for however long that hat lasts. And then it goes away. I was like, what, what it, <laughs> it like, I didn't, I was like, wait, so I'm a lot this stuff is normal. Like everybody feels these things. I'm not like an insane human being. And then yeah. like, no, everybody feels people feel way crazier than you do. And you're supposed to let it. And I was like, I'm just supposed to let it. (laughs) And it was like, this was in like my early twenties. Like it took me a while Mm. to like realize that you weren't supposed to actively push down emotions and just like, like, (laughs) like that wasn't a strong thing to do. I always knew it was talked about as like, not the best, but I thought it was like what you did if you were a strong human being right push them down right because they are not important and I've gotten to the point now where I'll allow myself to feel things to a point but I control it Mm. and then I go okay that's enough thinking about that go use your other methods of focus pulling cook clean walk the things that are supposed to are helpful for me I use them as distractions so that because the time is up I've decided 
I've taken up too much time thinking about the, that thing. So it's gone now. Yeah. But is it? <laughs> no, and I'm almost 40 and I can't like, this stuff still is like. Well, cause it's hard. Like, I know, I get but in my head, I'm like, I thought I was doing such a good job. I let myself feel feelings. And, <laughs> and it's like, but are you though? Are you? <laughs> and it's like, I guess. So I'm going to work yeah. on feeling my feelings, I guess, for a really long time, guys. So that'll be real fun. Um, well, like my whole thing this week on Friday, I came home. It was literally 24 hours. Like I would try all my things. Like, I don't know. It's just still happening. So I just kept it going. And then it just dissolved. I'm like that's way more than 90 seconds. The books told me 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And sometimes I like that you said that sometimes your stuff doesn't work. Like everybody has things that make them feel better, like self-soothing things, good, bad, whatever you want to call them. Things that automatically make us feel safe and better and familiar and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it doesn't work. And you're like, ah, shit, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not, I must have done this wrong, but you're not doing it wrong. You either need to do it longer, just like Rebecca said, or maybe that thing's not going to work and you just need to like dissolve in a puddle of feeling like shit. And yeah, you haven't you just, let that happen yet. Yeah. You just need to let it go because yeah, maybe it's just a big one. Like this was releasing so many levels of things. Like no wonder it took 24 hours and a few cry sessions. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess stuff happens to me like that, but usually I don't allow it. Like, <laughs> I mean, when Laker passed was probably the most emotional thing that has happened recently. Mm. That was in June. Um, and yeah, I let my, I feel like we've talked about this. I feel like I let myself feel it, but we got a new dog too soon. Now I don't feel that way. I love that dog like crazy and I'm totally weird with this. Oh dog. yeah. But, yeah. You switched but, real quick, but I do remember you were like, weren't ready. You're like, no, it was like three weeks. And he yeah. was like, I have a hole in my heart. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Say no. <laughs> so this is a perfect example of where I probably should have done something like what you did, but instead I was in a place of still kind of sad and he, and it was his dogs, like before we met and it was just this whole, so I was like, I think I have to do this, even if I'm not ready. Mm. So I'm not saying it was the right or wrong choice, but I'm saying I could have allowed myself to feel into it more before I was like, oh God, like, this is what he needs. Yeah, we have to do this now. Like, yeah, because in my head, I told myself, I'm like, but you're, cause you're really strong, Janelle, like you're really strong. So you got this no matter if you don't think that you do, which is helpful. <laughs> it's helpful yeah. to pump yourself up if you don't think you got it, but there's a lot of ways it could have different ways it could have gone. And I didn't really allow, I was like, no, oh, no, he like, he's in a spot. So we got the dog and like yeah. I said, he's great. And it but, worked out. Yeah. And that's another thing. Sometimes you're going to do stuff that goes against your whole design or your whole like working with your conditioning and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, well, I'm not going to do that today. I'm just going to go against it. And <laughs> okay, it's going to happen. I think for me, it happens more often because I don't like to see the stuff I'm supposed to be dealing with. So I revolt against it and say that that's me doing work but 
I'm working on it. We're working yeah. on it here. Yeah. It's um, all a process. We're all human. Yeah. And just as Rebecca said, you don't get to the end of something and something that has conditioned you your whole life just doesn't stop bothering you don't stop getting bothered by it or it stopped triggering you or whatever happens like it just doesn't like it's always there but there are certain things I used to be really 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 shy as a kid like super shy mm. I didn't like to talk I didn't like people to notice me or see me and now I could give a shit now I yeah. like YouTube videos, stories, I don't care. I My job is talking and meeting people all day. And while energetically, I don't care for it, it doesn't do what it used to do to me, which was scare the shit out of me, frighten, mm -hmm. make me nervous. I could, my voice wouldn't work, sweating and all the deals. But if I had to stand up in front of people and talk, as long as it wasn't like, <laughs> get up there and talk about something you don't know anything about. But if I had to, I'd be cool. Like, okay let's talk I got this I'm not my like stage fright and my social anxiety is way now it's just how much energy does being social take out of me it's yeah. shifted to a completely different thing so that was conditioning that I had from child early childhood was to keep the peace and placidity and don't talk and and don't be nobody notice you and then if you blend in everything will be good mm -hmm. now I don't care <laughs> so it's not to say that your conditioning will always have like this hold on the same hold on you that it does this like oh like well how can I if you're saying I can't get rid of this what do I do you can manage it you can make it work for you in a different way or you can look at it and go I guess I don't feel that way anymore I think I was in a reading when someone told me like you have these protectors from your childhood and you have to tell them it's okay to go like you have to tell them you don't need them because you cult they're still there because you don't yeah you, it's your condition you don't let them go they're always there mm -hmm. but if you say hey i don't need you to protect me in this these ways because i've got this these parts now then they go and i think that for me was like allowing myself to be seen and heard i was like oh i don't need this I can let that go and it's okay. Like nothing bad will happen if people hear my voice or see me, even if I do something weird. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think we've covered a lot about conditioning and deconditioning and all that stuff, but it's it really makes you, for me, it makes me feel stronger each time I'm like, oh, like, I see this now. I see this thing in a different way. I gave mm -hmm. myself space to see it. And so it's just about awareness. Yeah. That's Anything the main thing. Anything else you want to say? I don't think so. All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening to us, everybody. And we will catch you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to rate and review because that helps us help more people. Is there something you want to hear? Let us know. Your idea might be our next episode.